Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston Super Show. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Preston Super Show. We're talking about UFC 271 pay-per-view tomorrow night, about 24 hours from now, a little bit longer, like 24 hours and add another two hours to that. So then you'll be having this event pop off. So we're going to run through the picks here. I'm going to talk about each fight a little bit, but mostly I'm just trying to give you the precise pick of what I really think is going to happen. So let's start off with uh, what happened in in the weigh-ins. And there's definitely some bad news in the weigh-ins. We had the first fight up, William Knight versus Maxon Grisham. That fight is still right now going to happen. But William Knight missed weight really bad. Um, I'm actually really surprised about that. He's 12 pounds too heavy. Um. I'm surprised they're going to keep the fight going at light heavyweight. I guess that's just, it's different than other weight classes, I guess. But yeah, they're going to keep the fight going. Um, You know, let's not mince kind of the idea here. Maxim Grishin's a bigger fighter. He's six foot three. William Knight's five foot ten. Maxim Grishin's has a 78 inch reach, while William Knight has a 73 inch reach. So William Knight, off the bat, is already outsized. So I, I look at this weight mess here. By William Knight as attack as tactics, he's using this so that now he can come in and be heavier and use his wrestling. He averages two uh, takedowns per fifteen minute fight with a forty seven percent accuracy, um, and and he's also pretty decent at defending takedowns. And he's not a submission type of uh, fighter. In his last two fights, he he didn't have the opportunity to wrestle like he wanted to against uh, Alonzo Minefield and uh, Water Buffalo. Um, and he, he beat both of them handily. He lost a jog, but that was a decision. And that was just because he didn't engage enough. Um, and then, uh, you know, before that he beat Kamara and beat Brondage. So he's been on a roll. So for him to miss weight like this, um, uh, which is now going to be a heavyweight fight, but they were both light heavyweights coming into this. Um, but now you're looking at a heavyweight fight and we just, you know, the one thing we hear about Maxim Grishin is what is the end game for Maxim Grishin what is his end game because I I really just don't see it um and I don't know if a lot of people do uh where is the UFC plan on sending this guy who is past the prime of his career and he's the favorite in this fight at 37 years old uh fighting out of Russia and we know Russia is going to breed tough fighters they always have but uh William Knight here training out of Thornton Martial Arts 33 years uh of age and he's a plus 150 underdog and i like him in this fight i mean i technically don't really pick fighters that uh, miss weight but at this stage of the game in the ufc it's not mattering as much as it did in years past it's not it's not uh, affecting fighters as much 
And I've noticed that uh, by going over my picks, reviewing my picks and seeing that the guys that have missed weight have more than likely won their fights this last over this last year. So I'm changing directions on that stance a little bit uh, to make sure I give you an accurate, precise pick. William Knight by KO slash TKO in round number two. I believe he finishes Maxim Grishin off. I believe, yes, you know, Griffin had, Grishin had a good fight with Dustin Jacoby. Not to take anything away from him. He has a 66% takedown defense. But he hasn't gone off against this type of competition. And when he has, he's lost. Um, and uh, Marcin Tybura and Dustin Jacoby. And he beat Antti Gulov, who he had a complete advantage in size and weight. And honestly, in style, too. Uh, which makes fights. So, yeah, in this fight, give me William Knight. I think he's going to be the bruiser, the aggressor, and he's going to finish Maxim Grishin off, and uh, he's going to end up donating some of that purse to him. So that's the way this is going to go uh, for the first fight. Okay, so this next fight and the second fight on the early prelims, this is a little tricky. Um, and the reason that is because you get Jeremiah Wells, Who's a beast? The nine two and one record versus this guy, uh, Blood Diamond. Who they don't even have his real name listed on uh, this this tabology for some reason. I don't I don't know why he has his name. His name is uh, Mike Mathiatha, and uh, he's actually decent. He's a he's a decent fighter. He's only got three fights on his on his resume, and he's just making his UFC debut. And he took a guy who was not in the UFC in his last fight all the way to a decision. And uh, it wasn't very impressive. But in his two fights before that, they were pretty impressive. But again, that was outside the UFC. Now you're in the big game. And you're up against Jeremiah Wells, who just literally knocked out a veteran in the UFC for years. This, uh, a guy that was knocking people out was Warley Alves. And... Uh, Jeremiah Wells made quick work of him, second round, 30 seconds in, and he blasted him, finished him off. So in this fight, I I mean, when you get these two like on the stats and you're looking at how they size up with each other, this dude's a little bit taller, Blood Diamond. He got a little bit more reach, but we just don't have much stats on him besides a couple, three fights there, and good luck finding many videos on that and any good-looking uh, clips of that. Um, and Jeremiah Wells isn't going to take much damage, uh, but if he does, he gets fired up and, um, he's a hundred percent takedown defense. He's very squirrely. He's, he's hard to take down and he lands 3.82 strikes per minute. So almost four strikes uh, per minute. And people are starting to get on blood diamond. He's a plus plus one ninety underdog. That line's going to be moving. So you're going to get better odds on Jeremiah Wells. Try to get him around minus 200 if you can. And, uh, I think he wins this fight by knockout in the second round. The reason I think that is because I think early on in this card is a precursor to what's going to happen in the uh, later part of this card where we get a lot more decisions and a lot more longer fights. I think these first two fights are actually going to be quick. And I think the UFC kind of needs that too, in a way, because uh, one fight being canceled, Alex Perez fight against Matt Schnell. So since that fight was canceled, I think that that kind of adds up to me in my mind, like, hey, they need some good fights early on to keep people interested in this pay-per-view and to try to sell this pay-per-view because they already lost a fight. You know, you're trying to sell a $70, $90 pay-per-view almost, you know, and uh, you got to have, you know, a good amount of fights. So losing one does not help. 
Uh, so Jeremiah Wells is going to win this because it's not much size. You know, you're talking about two inches going both ways. And they had they don't have it like accurately put on here. They have blood diamonds reach longer than Jeremiah Wells. But uh, it's actually Jeremiah Wells with a longer reach um, on uh, tapology. Now, uh, so the reach won't matter. Just put it that way. That's the best way to put it. And then uh, the height won't matter. Jeremiah Wells is going to be Jeremiah Wells. He's going to be looking for a big knockout. Uh, he's a big favorite for a reason. Uh, fights out of Renzo Gracie Philly. So we know you don't want to take him to the ground because he can finish you with a submission he's got three of those in his career uh and this fight's at welterweight so these guys have a big gas tank uh and he also fights with extreme evolution fight camp uh for cardio and, and that's huge um and you just got mike matthew really an upper comer man and he's you know 33 years of age two years younger than jeremiah wells and he's he's fighting out of city kickboxing um which that's just his style is his kickboxing so you know, it's it's a little bit different than Jeremiah Wells, who's kind of an all-around mixed martial artist, and we don't really know much about Blood Diamond. So, you know, stick with your guns here. Go with what we know. And uh, I really like Jeremiah Wells to win this fight. You'd be surprised, too. The tapology consensus is usually pretty accurate. Um, and it's not as easy as fading the public. So in this next fight, Here's where we start to really get into the the bread and butter of the card because these fights are going to be going a, a little bit longer, I, I believe. Uh, Douglas Silva DeAndre versus Sergi Morozov. Uh, Douglas Silva DeAndre is 27 and 4 in his career, and Sergi Morozov is 17 and 4. And both these guys um, are getting a great opportunity here to showcase their skills and that's the best way to put it because in a bantamweight bout where we we typically haven't you know seen the power and knockouts that we've all wanted this year there is a potential for that in other bantamweight fights but in this fight i just don't see it this is a grind out type of fight this is a style fight that both these guys come in with a little bit more uh, grappling in mind. And uh, definitely looking to wrestle a lot more than uh, playing the stand-up game. Now, Douglas Silva DeAndre, to his credit, has some knockouts on his resume that are, that are impressive. But it's not against top-level competition. He was knocked out against Peter Yan. Uh, he was uh, uh, submitted by Rob Font. Um, just kind of weird things and weird ways he's lost, but their losses nonetheless. Then you have to look at Sergi Morozov, and not to be corny, but he is surging, and uh, he's coming off a a, a great win. Uh, and then before that, he he lost, but then before that, he had three wins in a row. So he's looking to get back to that form. Um, and he's been in great shape, just like Silva. But the difference is that Sergey Morozov is more active as a wrestler. And he's not going to play Silva's game. He's going to assert himself uh, in this fight. And that's where I'm telling you it's going to be a long fight. You know, we'll be looking at the over here on the rounds, even. 
And look, Sergey doesn't have as as many fights in the UFC, but the fight he did have against Ner- Nurmagomedov, he was competitive. Um, and then in the fight that he just won against Taha, he was very good. Um, so he's gotten better uh, under the brand. And Silva has, to his credit, but he's a spotty fighter. He's won one, lost one, won one, lost one, won was last one. I feel like he's going to lose this one. And I'm just not a, I'm just not knowing too much about either of these gyms, but I will say the gym Douglas Silva's fighting out of his NFT, Castan Hall, and Sergey Mozov is fighting out of Erkin Kush. So I don't really know too much about those gems. What I can't tell you is I do think it'll be a good fight. I do think this is a great matchup for both these guys. Um, and I see uh, Douglas Silva also working with Corinthians MMA. Just so I'm covering all the bases for you. Uh, because if these names stand out to you, that's good. But yes, um, there's definitely some work being done for him to get in better shape and him to come out ready. But the 32-year-old Sergey Morozov is, uh, in my mind, a grinded-out type of fighter that has a big uh, amateur record, and he's going to make the most of this opportunity. Um, he's had five losses in his whole career. Um, Silva's had uh, four losses at 36 years of age, so both these guys are going to come to compete. But I'm going to be on the side of the the better grappler because Silva's not active. Um with his grappling and I like that surge uh we're gonna call him he's got good defense in the stand-up he only takes 2.45 strikes per minute against guys that were you know trying to take his head off so that's pretty good and and I like that uh he also has a good strong takedown defense but he is almost near four takedowns in a in a 15 minute fight so Sergi is who I'm going to be siding with here with the wrestler and the better wrestling because lately that's been working out and it's kind of a theme in mixed martial arts. The better person, you know, the better if it becomes between a boxer and a wrestler, you know, the boxer normally can damage the wrestler quicker. But see if the wrestler is able to take the boxer down and take this guy that wants to stand up and kickbox down, that's going to cause problems. So. I really believe that uh, Serge is going to be looking to do that this fight. And he wins by decision. He wins because of ground control. He wins because of he's he's dominating the cage um, in control time. And Silva is going to have some nice flashes of power, but it's not going to be enough. And that's my uh, precise pick for you. Sergey Morozov by decision. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Sounds good, right? There are a lot of places you can host your podcast. Those other podcast hosting sites love to make you pay, thinking they're doing you a favor. Not at Anchor. Folks, this is free. None of Anchor's competitors make distribution and monetization as seamless as Anchor does. 
I predict Anchor to be the face of podcasting in the next five years. If you're an experienced podcaster or a newcomer, doesn't make a difference. Get your show on Anchor today. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And the next fight's a weird one. Uh, we get Jacob Malcoon versus AJ Dobson. Um, Malcoon fighting out of Sydney, Australia, the minus one ten near even uh, underdog or underdog, yes. And then AJ Dobson, the minus one fifteen near even um, favorite. So it's it, it's mo- it's going to be moving around a lot. I mean, honestly, I feel like Malcoon is being set up to fail. And don't pay too much attention to that because I'm projecting that. But I just feel like he's being set up to fail. Uh, AJ Dobson, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. Fighting out of the Carlson Gracie team in Ohio. He's doing work with the Gracies. And uh, Malcoon is just kind of an unknown. We haven't really seen much from him. Um, It's just a weird fight in middleweight. Um, but I, middleweight's my favorite division, so I don't care. You know, I just want to see a good fight. But yeah, Dobson's just bigger, stronger. Doesn't take much damage. His first fight, he walked out there and destroyed the guy. Um, and he, and he's looking to make a name for himself. Uh, he can sub, you know, he can take you down and submit you. So if he gets in any type of trouble, which I am doubting. But if he does, then he's got that in his back pocket. You're not safe if you land on top of him. Uh, you know, Malcoon's going to be looking to grapple. He averages almost eight takedowns in a 15-minute fight. So he's going to put the pressure on. Um, so in this fight, you know, I just like a submission by Dobson because I feel like Malcoon's going to play right into his hand. And... Uh, I don't see a way around that very much. So that's why I'm confident in this, that AJ Dobson is going to win by submission in the second round and close this fight out fairly quickly. I think we're going to be surprised a little bit in the first round when you see this kind of imposing figure in AJ Dobson get taken down by Jacob Malkoon. I do think it's going to happen. But I think ultimately that plays into Dobson's plan, and he knows this from training with the Gracie uh, team, that you know that's when you work your, work your hardest for your submissions. Uh, is when you're on on your back and you, and you nail those off your back. And I, I think he's going to do that because he's got the reach to do it. And he's not like super, super outmatched in a way where he's not going to be able to compete if he gets taken down uh, because of like uh, ground and pound or uh, even Malcoon submission uh, skills um, aren't, aren't as good uh, from what we've seen and what we know. So I'm going to go with Dobson submission second round. The six and zero middleweight versus the five and one middleweight, and this is going to be a, a great fight for the UFC because these are two guys that are uh, both fairly young. You know, uh, AJ Dobson is only thirty years old, and Jacob Malcoon is twenty six years old. So, you know, in a lot of respects, these guys are young and uh, re- you know walking into their primes. So I really uh, think we're going to get a great fight here. And 
I, I don't see a way um, for Malkoon to win this fight. I don't see his path to victory. If it if there is a path for him to victory, it's it's a very slim one. With you know, he can't make much of it of any errors, you know, and that's kind of the the bottom line on him. But for AJ Dobson, you got to be careful of not only his ground skills, um, but also his stand up, which you don't see much of because he's such a imposing force on the ground. So I think that that's going to be a problem for Malcoon in this fight as well. And ultimately, it's going to end up being his demise in this fight. Um, so AJ Dobson doing work with Strong Style Fight Team. And uh, he's he's looking to put you know himself on the map here. So get ready for that. Next fight's a good one. Back to Bantamweight. Like I said, you know, th- there would be other Bantamweight fights that meet the criteria for a knockout. And we're going to get one here. I feel like I really feel it. Like we're going to get a uh, a knockout in this fight between Leo Mana Martinez versus Ronnie Lawrence, the Heat. Can't be walking around with nicknames like that unless you, you bring it. So in this fight, uh, these guys are about the same height, about the same size. You know, a two-inch difference both ways. Mana Martinez is the benefactor of those. But strikes landed per minute. Uh, Mano Martinez is going to throw a lot and he opens himself up to a lot of damage with only a 40% defense um, uh, absorbing 3.97 strikes you're not going to be able to eat that much, that many strikes a minute and survive this fight with Ronnie Lawrence who's a great wrestler who's a great athlete and who's a great fighter and uh, he's got 100% takedown defense averages 10 takedowns in a 15 minute fight through two fights in the UFC. And uh, Mano Martinez coming off a win against Kennedy, but he lost to Rodriguez. So his, you know, he hasn't been solidified as, uh, as, a, as a real threat in uh, the UFC. You know, he, when he lost on Dana White's Contender Series back in 2020, and he got submitted, he did come back strong in the other, you know, amateur uh, brackets like Fury FC. Where he beat a couple guys. And then he comes, you know, back into the UFC and gets a win. So, And, and it was a split decision win against Gui, uh, Guido Canetti, uh, which could have gone either way. Um, but Ronnie Lawrence is a guy that's been doing work uh, since he's coming to the UFC. Uh, winning on the Contender Series unanimously against Jose Johnson. But then really putting his mark in the UFC against Vince Cachero by knocking him out in the third round last year uh around uh this time so i I think you're gonna get that again here comes ronnie lawrence who they want him to fight uh a lot more this year you know at least three fights so i think for his first fight getting in february is good for him and uh i just don't see the same power and the same athleticism from martinez so i think uh ronnie lawrence just by a couple things you know his power but his wrestling and then his experience being four years the elder uh at 29 years old and and having this uh a little bit more experience inside the octagon fighting with that american top team really nailing 
wrestling uh in, in mixed martial arts which is very crucial to be a great mixed martial artist that i've i've just noticed and and watching uh all these years you know that uh, the better the wrestler the better the fighter so you have uh, ronnie lawrence a better wrestler you know coupled with all these other uh attributes but i just think ultimately he's gonna land the knockout punch i think it comes early i think it comes in the first round i think it's a first round knockout i think martinez is uh overlooking his opponent he's a plus 240 underdog but i believe in a lot of ways he feels like he's a better fighter and i believe that he's uh gonna overlook ronnie lawrence here and we're gonna see a knockout uh to finish this fight off this next fight's gonna go a little bit longer and i've had a change of heart on this fight um actually i've had a change of heart on this fight um, let me tell you what's going on. When you look at the stats between Carlos Allberg versus Fabio Charant, uh, a.k.a. Water Buffalo, you would assume that Allberg's the bigger fighter, um, and he is also doing way more on uh, his feet. 15 strikes per minute in his two fights in the UFC. Um, but that last fight where he fought... Nizjuke Nizjukwu that right there uh, showed me that you know on the feet yes he's that good but he's he also got finished on the feet you know knocked out in the second round Um, and Fabio Charant is kind of in a desperate spot in the UFC like Right now, it's been so hard for him to get a win in the UFC. It's it's incredibly difficult for me to think they'd keep him on um, if he doesn't win this fight. If he loses this fight, to be third in a row, that third in the UFC. I mean, and in the first two, he lost in the first round. So I feel like he'd be out. He'd be out the door. His first two fights were against uh, tough opponents in the UFC: Alonzo Minefield, William Knight. You know, we talked about uh, him earlier, but. Water Buffalo is due for a win. Working with Joe Lazon, Mixed Martial Arts, um, and, and prior uh, Sit Yodong, Boston. Uh, he is looking to evolve on his game here. I don't think this is a fight that goes the way we're all thinking, where it's like Allberg dominates on the feed, wins his fight, knocks him out. No, I like that plus 210 underdog, Fabio Charant, because, yes, Allberg's the taller fighter, but uh, Fabio Charant has more mass, and he actually stands wider than uh, Allberg, and he's going to look to put pressure on Allberg because he's in a position where he's going to have to be, where Allberg's going to want to get into a flow, get into a rhythm with his kickboxing. Fabio Charant's going to apply the pressure get him on the cage control the cage and ultimately uh grind this out for a submission victory that i believe comes in the second round and i I think that we see allberg and you see that you know like i said he's the bigger fighter he's this kick he fights out of city kickboxing uh, which is a great gem but i just don't see it i'm not seeing what other people see you're listening to odd man out I made the web. I made the freaking website. I mean, I've done Ninja. I mean, come on. I don't see things the way other people see them. I see Fabio Sharana's due. The desperate fighter lately has been winning, 
And this is another scenario where the desperate fighter uh, looks to come out on top. And I think it's by submission because Fabio Charant is a very skilled submission artist. He's put guys in a standing guillotine and, and finished them. Um, so remember, don't count them out. I know it's a little bit of a stretch being a plus 210 underdog, but crazier things have happened um, and will happen. And I believe they happen in this fight. This next fight is a bit of an interesting one, too, where you get Marcelo Rojo coming back off that knockout he suffered um, against uh, Charles Jordan. And he's going to take on Kyler Phillips, who is is rising in the UFC. He, he did take a loss by a majority decision against Paiva, which was very surprising. But I think he learned a lot from that loss. And uh, it was a decision loss, a majority decision at that. So... That could have been, you know, the other way uh, in a lot of in a lot of uh, uh, in a lot of ways. That could have been a, a, diff- a decision where he won. Yadonk Song, he beat Cameron Els, he beat by TKO and Gabriel Silva. He beat by unanimous decision all in the UFC. And uh, like I said, this guy's rising. They don't call him Matrix for no reason. He's really skilled. Um, But I don't like his problem is he burns himself out too quickly. That's Kyler Phillips prop. Like that's that's exactly his issue. He literally just burns himself out too quickly. He's a minus four twenty heavy favorite. He's going up against Marcelo Rojo, who has very good hands, very good stand up, but ultimately just doesn't have the the blow you away power and the and the knockout ability that that you'd expect. But he's only had, you know, the, the one crack at it in the UFC, 16 and 7 overall. Kyler Phillips, 9 and 2. But um, you get an interesting fight here. But I think it goes to decision. I think Kyler Phillips wins because I just think he does more. He just got a bigger arsenal. He, he, he has more weapons in this fight. And that's going to be the demise, really, for Marcelo Rojo in this fight. And working with MMA Lab, Kyler Phillips is in tremendous shape, and he's got a, a tremendous skill set to go along with it. And fighting out of Intron Gym, Marcelo Rojo really had to overhaul something for me to want to take him in that fight, and I haven't seen that happen. So I'm going to roll with Kyler Phillips there in a bantamweight fight that I think goes the distance. Be looking at the over on the rounds there, uh, because I think Marcelo Rojo is a, a very formidable opponent. Next fight up, we got Roxanne Matafari versus Casey O'Neill. And that's a flyweight fight, 125 pounds. Uh, Roxanne Matafari, the plus 300 underdog up against the minus 400 favorite Casey O'Neill uh, out of Scotland. And this one I'll make easy for you. You know, I do like Syndicate MMA. Uh, but Casey O'Neill fighting with Extreme Couture has really honed her, her skills. And she's looking for, you know the title you know she's this Roxanne Matafari fight is just another stepping stone and uh she's gonna go ahead and win this fight convincingly decisively um through three rounds of punishment uh she'll win this fight um and Casey O'Neill is uh on a roll right now winning her last three in the UFC and and Roxanne Matafari's dropped her last two and she's going to be desperate, so that's why I think it goes to the distance. 
but it's not going to be able to outshine the fact that Casey O'Neill, the king, that she is better um, in, in every uh, facet of mixed martial arts. And that's not a knock on Roxanne Matafari, but I just think that she's been up against opponents that have just been better than her, and that's how it's played out this far. I think it continues to go that way. And Casey O'Neill has uh, the, the complete roundhouse of skills you're going to need uh, to compete three hard rounds in the UFC. And the next fight is uh, a pretty uh, legendary fight. You got Andre Arvlowski versus Jared Vandera. And the mountain man, Jared Vandera, taking on the pit bull here. And, you know, one thing we've learned about Arvlowski is that he's still got it. And he's the minus 155 slight favorite um, fighting out of Chicago, Illinois. And Jared Vandera, uh, the plus 130 underdog, who is really being overlooked. And, he, and you shouldn't overlook him too much. Uh, fighting out of Team Quest, great team. Uh, Arvlowski with American Top Team and, and really uh, looks like he's added another layer to his game working with those guys. And I'll tell you what, uh, I have to go with Andre Arvlowski here uh, because I think it's going to be a war. But like I said, Arvlowski still got it. And at 43 years of age, I'm going to be going with Arvlowski to win. He's just been on a roll beating Carlos Felipe, um, uh, uh, Sherman. Um, lost to Aspinall, but Aspinall, we know he's destined for greatness. Uh, but beat Bozer, beat, beat Lenz. I mean, he was, he's beating guys that you just can't believe. And Romanov, uh, beat Vandera in his last outing. Um, Vandera beat Taffa, looked great, but he lost to Sergi Spivak. Um, and the win over Hunsucker wasn't, you know, something to really, uh, talk up you know so it's kind of like let's just keep it moving Arlowski's gonna win this fight the next fight's gonna be a banger too that's gonna be uh Nazrat Hack Parast versus Bobby Green um Hack Parast 26 years old still you know finding his way in the UFC fighting out of TriStar Gym Bobby Green fighting out of Pinnacle MMA King Bobby Green uh it's two people named King on uh with the King uh middle uh nickname in this uh fight here but bobby green's just got the bigger gas tank and he just does more damage um when you look at these guys on paper same height about the same reach um they're both landing over five strikes per minute bobby green still with the edge 5.51 to hack paras 5.19 and last fight i just didn't see it from hack press i thought he could have beat dan hooker if he would have just been more active and he wasn't and I I don't think he's going to get a chance here I don't think he's going to be able to have a chance to let up because Bobby Green's going to apply pressure um and you know like something with Pinnacle MMA their their cardio is great coming out of that gym and, and I think Bobby Green wins a decision here the 28 12 and 1 uh lightweight uh is looking to still uh make a title run and this would be a big help to that Against Nazrat Hack Paras, that's the plus one thirty five underdog, thirteen and four in his career. 
But um, overall, I just think Bobby Green's going to be able to put more pressure on Hackpress in this fight and sway the judges. He's going to land shots. He's going to be uh, pushing him against the cage once he uh, tires out and hold Hackpress there and be able to uh, even uh, work for takedowns. I think that's all on the side of Bobby Green here. I'd be rolling with Bobby Green to win this fight. And you get a great minus 155 money line. Um, and if you can get it better than that, uh, you definitely want to. I know it's moving around a lot uh, since uh, the fight was, these fight was, fights were first announced. So uh, definitely take up on it if you can get it. Uh, Bobby Green money line is what you want there. This next fight features some underdog uh, money here. And you could still get this a great price. Alex Hernandez opened at the plus 140 uh, underdog against Renato Moicano uh, at lightweight again. Back-to-back lightweight fights. Minus 165. Slight favorite Moicano. Uh, Alexander Hernandez, 13-4. Moicano, 15-4-1. Moicano stands a little bit taller, but the reach is the same. Uh, Alexander Hernandez fighting out of Factory X uh, with the Muay Thai background, but he's also a phenomenal wrestler. And uh, Moicano with the Constrictor team has done great work. But this is Hernandez's fight to lose, if I've ever seen one. He is the uh, bulkier fighter. He's the more aggressive fighter. And that's 156 pounds they both weigh in. Um, This is going to make for... A great spectacle. And uh, I think this goes for a while. Um, I think it goes into the later part of the fight. And we get to the third round. I think Hernandez wins with a knockout. Slash TKO. Uh, in that third round somewhere. Because I think Morcano is going to tire himself out. And I think he's going to keep up with Hernandez pretty well. But I think what's going to happen ultimately is that. The pressure. The power of Hernandez is going to prevail. When these guys tire out. When the fatigue starts to set in, I feel like Hernandez is the side I want to be on. We could look at stats to justify that. But the main thing we can justify is actually seeing the tape, actually seeing the fights that uh, Moicano has struggled. And when Hernandez lost, it wasn't because he was struggling. It was because literally it came down to judges deciding um, what that uh, fight's outcome would be. So I'm just going to be on the side of Fernandez just for the simple fact that I have just seen him do more in the UFC. I've just seen him do uh, more work than uh, Renato Moicano in this fight. I think the uh, KO in the third round is coming. The next fight I do want to spend a few minutes talking about, which is Jared Cannonier versus Derek Brunson in a, a great fight. Actually, we get on this main card. Um, after a good fight, I believe we'll get in Hernandez, Renato Moicano, and Bobby Green, Nazrat, Hack Press before that. But uh, now to focus on Jared Cannonier versus Derek Bronson in a three-round, 185-pound middleweight, my favorite division, um, as a prelude to the main event. Uh, what we have here is Jared Cannonier working with that MMA lab. Um but there's a lot of questions of, has he hit his peak? And then Derek Brunson um, still seems like there's another level for him to go. Um, still seems like his wrestling is unmatched at middleweight division. Um, so Jared Cannonier is very dangerous on the feet, and he can get Derek Brunson in a lot of trouble 
Uh, Derek Brunson's a bigger fighter. He's going to capitalize on that a lot in this fight. Um, Jared Cannonier absorbs 3.19 strikes per minute. Uh, Derek Brunson doesn't take a lot of damage. And when people do damage him, he's able to get out of trouble. Um, averaging 3.15 takedowns uh, in a 15-minute fight. Uh, the takedown defense for Derek Brunson's incredible. Uh, 94%. And uh, a 62% takedown defense for Cannoneer. Eventually, these guys are going to tire out. I mean, that's what is is eventually coming in this game. It's inevitable. And uh, Derek Brunson is going to do a lot of work in this game, uh, a lot of a lot of work with his wrestling game to go ahead and and win this fight. And uh, it's I don't think enough credit can be given to Derek Brunson for. Still competing at 38 years old at high level. And don't remember, Jared Cannon is 37. So they're not too far apart in age. Uh, but Derek Brunson with a 23-7 record, I believe he gets his 24th win. I believe it's by decision. And uh, Jared Cannon ultimately gets caught up like a lot of other fighters have in the wrestling. Uh, Jared Cannon 14-5 uh, middleweight. He's very impressive. But I, I don't think he's a match for Derek Brunson. So then we move on to Derek Lewis versus Tai Tuivasa um, in a heavyweight fight. Derek Lewis, uh, minus 190 favorite versus uh, Tai Tuivasa, bam, bam, 14 and 3, the plus 160 underdog. Uh, I'm almost surprised that Tuivasa is the underdog, but, you know, I do think Lewis is going to win this fight. I just don't think it's going to come easily. I don't think he's going to be quick. I think it's a it's a pretty long fight, and uh, it goes to decision, actually. I think Tuivasa is going to do enough to avoid the big shots, but I don't think he's going to land enough. Derek Lewis has got a bit better reach. I think he's going to use that. I think he knows he has to use that to win this fight. Um, and, I, and I do believe that uh, everybody kind of was burying Derek Lewis after the several gain loss, but, you know, uh, several game, you know, is no punk. You know what I mean? And Derek Lewis is no punk. So Derek Lewis is going to be ready for this fight. He's going to be uh, loading up that right hand and he's going to land it. But I don't think he knocks out Tai Tuivasa. I, I, I'm not of that mindset. I really believe it goes to decision. I believe it's a, it's a long fight. Doesn't mean it's a lot of action in this fight. I don't think we get a ton of action. I think this one gets drug out for a while. And uh, Derek Lewis out of that Silverback Fight Club and Taito Avasa uh, fighting out of Lions High Performance Center. I think it makes a big, big uh, difference that uh, these guys kind of fight their own fight. They fight their own style. They're not really in, they're not, you can't really see them being influenced by somebody else's style uh, in their gym. It's pretty much them. Uh, and, they're 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 benefactors of that in a lot of ways, and I think that's something to be noted and accounted for. Um, how other fighters can get away from their game plan, um, and and do things that they may not have done before, and it may not ultimately work. But with Derek Lewis and Taito Avasa, we know who they are. We know what we're gonna get, and it's gonna be a slobber knocker. But I don't think it's gonna be a huge brawl. I think that it it takes a while to get this one going. And we finally made it to the main event. Um, and this is 
awesome uh, being able to go over all these fights with you. It's been a lot of fun. Make sure to hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to share with 10 friends. Um, do all that good stuff because that's good karma that's going to come back to you. And uh, we're looking to go perfect on this card. Absolutely perfect. I feel confident about every pick. Uh, Israel Adesanya versus Robert Whitaker, the second time. And I think we get the same result. I think Adesanya wins by knockout slash TKO in the third round. I don't think it's going all five rounds. I think we're going under that. Um, Adesanya stands taller. He's got, you know, almost seven inches of reach on Whitaker. And I don't see what's changed. I don't see what's changed. Uh, Adesanya, remember, he fights out of city kickboxing. I believe that that's kind of like their lone win on this card for that gym is going to come from Adesanya. And uh, PMA Super Martial Arts Center, Robert Whitaker and company uh, in his corner. I think they have a long night in front of them. I don't I don't think that this gets any easier. Um, Whitaker's not known for taking people down. He averages less than one takedown in a 15-minute fight in his career. So I don't think that you're going to get this big wrestling explosion like we did from Blockowicz. I think Adesanya's on a course for Derek Brunson uh, very soon, like after this fight, if Brunson uh, manages to win and Adesanya manages to win. I believe that's the championship fight to make. So, yeah, I believe that uh, here you're looking at Adesanya with a knockout win in the third round. I just think that Adesanya's got only gotten better. After that loss to Blachowicz, um, Juan uh I, I just think Adesanya's gotten better. I'm not going to be picking against him. After that one against Vittori, who is a, a prime Vittori, you know, let's not forget. And, and just the way he's been able to handle his, himself in the octagon, I have full confidence in Adesanya to win this fight and cap off a great UFC pay-per-view. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, again, go to oddmanout.ninja slash MMA, and you can see my uh, picks record going back for the last two years. You'll be able to see by promotion the category and uh, ultimately uh, that we are doing very well. Um, let's just talk about two things before I let you go. Um, two very important things, might I add. When we're looking at my picks um, over the over the last amount of uh, years here. So overall, I'm 437 wins with 319 losses, 14 drawed slash no contest. And uh, that leaves me with a 57.8% correct score on my model. But let's just look at uh, UFC. And you will see that out of 596 predictions, I am 55% correct. That means 328 of those 596 uh, predictions I've nailed, 268 I have lost on. Haven't been counted as wins. So 55% uh, in UFC uh, since I've been tracking. And uh, by year, last year was a great year, my biggest year thus far. I was 57.1% at the end of the year, over 591 predictions. That's 332 wins, 249 losses, and 10 draws slash no contest. Um, and this year, we are hot. 44 predictions into this year. Get ready for this. 
I'm 31 uh, picking winners. Got 31 wins, 13 losses, no draws, no or no or uh, no contests, and that leaves me with 70.5 percent, folks. I'm 70.5 percent accurate this year. You're not going to find anybody else that, that that's uh, nailing that like uh, me. I actually came very close to winning the whole Tapology contest on Tapology.com uh, last week. I, I ended up in 15th place just by way of points. Not predictions, but by way of points, how you get scored. So yeah, that was big. Um, and people are taking notice of the odd man out uh dot ninja website and make use of it. Use all that up to your advantage. That's what it's there for. I put it up there, you know, no one's given me anything for that. You know, like that's just from me to you out of pure love. And I hope you love the show. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone, and best of luck.